Hello and welcome back to the movies made us do it. Matt was just telling me that hopefully you will not hear next door. Uh, <laughs> they were doing work uh, during the Wayne's World one as well, I think. Uh, yes, they were. So uh, it's all good. It didn't. I don't think it came through. So I think we'll, we'll be all right. Um, you know, it's a free podcast. We just do this. It's, it's yeah. all right. Um, Actually, they were really nice about it. They came round and were like, "We're going to knock some walls down." See, I, I, that, that goes a long way. It really does. It does, and it's like I know you have to do that work. I'm not like it's going to be annoying whenever you do it, but yeah. I appreciate you have to do it. But I really appreciate that you've come round and just said, "Hey, it's going to be a bit noisy. Sorry about that." Because I always feel that way. Uh, like I've had people like we used to have like students or kids living under us. Oh, and yeah. you know and they had a party once and they they just came up and said hey look we're gonna have a party on friday like that's all right i'm like yeah you know like it's gonna be it's gonna annoy me while i'm up here and it's happening yeah. but you came and told me about it and you <laughs> were nice about it do you know what i mean it, it just goes a long way yeah. you're like you're fine you know because you can you know simple acknowledgement goes a long way exactly you know and they say like, oh we're trying to keep the, the the volume down but you know we've just moved in we've got people coming over like, lovely thank you yeah. little bit of respect anyway we're here to talk about movies uh i really enjoyed our ramble over uh wayne's world last week yep it was good times um it was quite rambly but uh it was it was good it's good rambles yeah. uh this week i'm gonna be a miserable fuck um I, or i well i don't want to be i just what a way to start the show <laughs> i haven't really seen much good uh to be honest like it, it's been okay i've seen quite a bit of okay this this week but it's fine um you know it plenty does, it does sort of feel like going back to the sort of covid times doesn't it it's a bit oh man of... wait until this writer actor strike period comes when I... it comes in for, for... Yeah, when it when it catches catches up with us. Do you yeah. know? I, I I was speaking to Ben about this the other day. I I think this could be a really good thing for us, because like I I feel like there's going to be this resurgence in indie movies. You know, which which so. the pandemic did. I watched a lot of really cool indie films during the yeah. pandemic, and I feel like British and I mean, uh, uh, Talk to Me was a great Australian movie. I'm like, yeah, this is this is this is the thing now. They've so, they've already confirmed there. They've got a prequel done already and they've they've and they've got a sequel on the way so for what talk to me yeah oh that's cool that is a really good movie uh, that is one of my favorite horror movies this year for sure it's really good um anyway do you want to kick us off sure i can i I can make a start yeah uh i will do the prisoner's daughter the prisoner's daughter the the movie i almost watched yeah uh I, I picked Red instead, which we, we said you'd, you'd watched a long time ago. Um, yeah, which both, was... uh, both Brian Cox movie, so... Yeah, I, I think that's why I didn't watch this one, because I didn't notice this one, and I'd watched Red, and then I was like, oh, I've just watched a Brian Cox movie, I'll, I'll just leave it. Um, so how is The Prisoner's Daughter? Because it, it's Kate Beckinsale, right? It is, yeah. yeah. So uh, it's... Uh, I, know, I know why you watched it, Matt. <laughs> Well, it's it's a two thing. I love I love you know Brian Cox. He is my for, favorite. For different animal. reasons, I love both yes. Kate Beckinsale and Brian Cox. Yes, for very different reasons. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> she is um, aging so well. I mean, I'm I, sure I, she's had work, but she even is... if she's she's had, and I'm pretty sure she's had work done. She is really she's, aging well. She's she's she, been sensible with the work she's had done. Yeah, she's not. She's. She's she not look like Megan Madonna. Fox. Let's, yeah. let's put it that way. She doesn't look like Madonna right now. No. Um, so yeah, um, directed by Catherine Hardwick, who'd previously done things like Lords of Dogtown and Thirteen and The Twilight. Um, but we didn't hold that against her. No. Uh, <laughs> everyone makes mistakes. 
So it stars uh, Brian Cox as Max and uh, Kate Beckinsale as Maxine and Christopher Convey as Eli- uh, Ezra. So we start off with um, Brian Cox's character who has been in prison for, I think it's 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, this time. Oh, okay. And, and um, he's basically called into the office and he's told that his cancer has got worse and he's basically got months to live. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's told by the warden that um, if he has family and he's like, no, I don't have any family. And it's like the warden's like, well, I know you've got a daughter. And he's like, right. Well, he said, then what did you ask me for? And he, he says, <clears throat> he says that if if you can, if you, you know, you want to, you can spend the rest of your term under house arrest right um with family if, if that's you know assuming they will have you back yeah exactly so you then sort of move to uh kate Beckinsale's character who is a uh struggling single mother with a uh, uh a child who's being bullied um he's also uh, epileptic and they they're um she works two jobs but they're you know so how how so hey sorry i so i was just i was just going to say so her her father was absent yes. for most of her life i'm guessing in and out of yes. prison and now uh her son's father is also pretty much done the same thing and fucked off yes and, well and he that. turns up at her job right to say he wants to see his son and he is a musician um who is also like drug addict who's living in a commune basically he sounds great um, yeah, it's, so it does give you that whole, it, you know, the alarm bells of, oh, great, deadbeat dads. That's kind of all I really Well, think. no, I, I just, yeah, I, I just thought that's but, the, the theme of the movie is, is that. Yes, and that, that's fair enough if you've is, written a cool theme around it, you know. Yeah. And the, 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 the title. It's presumably uh, a redemption story, right? So. Right? It's presumably a redemption story. Yes. Um,. The, the he's the Tyler is played by Tyson Ritter. That uh, name sounds familiar. Of, he's the lead singer of a band that I cannot remember which band it is. Oh, All American Rejects. Okay, which I, I've no idea who that is. I I'm vaguely aware of, but couldn't. My tell my you knowledge of music ends in 1999. I'm afraid. Yeah, so. mine does too. Really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so he, you know, he turns he turns up being a bullshit twat and. Uh-huh. Um, he ends up getting her fired, so of course she goes home. Um, her son comes home with a black eye, and he's been basically suspended because of fighting. It's like okay. he was the one who was beaten up, but he gets suspended too. Um, yeah, there was there was a rule like that in my school, I think. Sorry, there was a nonsense rule like that in my school, I think. I think there is, yeah. Whereas, like, even if you were any altercation, isn't it? It's all yeah. Involved. It's like, well, we'll just rather than do any investigative work or try and find out the truth, we'll just suspend yeah. both of you. Like, okay, great. The kid, the kid who's set upon by three other kids is it's fine, you know. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll lump him in, in there as yeah. well. Why not? He's clearly done something. Um, <laughs> so they're running out of his medication, right? His epilepsy. So you know, he's only taking sort of halves and stuff, and um, that seems to be his epilepsy. It seems to be part of his bullying because they call him twitcher um so he uh max phones her and says you know i'm I'm dying uh i'd like to you know see you sort of thing and she basically tells him to 
do one. Mm-hmm. She's not interested. Yeah. Um, but basically, through the fact that she's got no money, she can't buy. She tries to buy the medication for her son, but she doesn't have enough. Her card's declined. She has no money on it. She goes to see her husband. He's got twenty quid to his name, basically. He's just like he's fucking useless. And that's for drugs. Yeah. Yeah. So he, she goes sort of back home. She phones him and her. Sorry, she phones her dad, and she says, "Look, can you pay me rent? I'm only doing this because I need the money, um, but." You know, you're not my dad, so don't tell Ezra that you're my dad. Um, tell him I'm you're my uncle or something that you know I've just met again for the for years and all that. Sure, stuff. sure. So of course he, you know, he go he comes to live with, with them, and oh, the kid's like smart as fuck. So he he's he's immediately like yeah. After a you know couple of days, it's like yeah, he's your dad. Yeah, you're like you you lied and told me that he was dead, but. You know, I'm not stupid. Um, and obviously you get, you know, the, the things of like, he, he, he um, you find out that Brian Cox is, he, he used to be uh, a boxer. Right. Uh, and he was also a enforcer. So <laughs> the kid says to him, what, 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 did, what were you in prison for? And he said, which time? And he went, you were, you, you were in more than once. He went, oh, he says, how many times were you in? He says, more than I care to remember, <clears throat> and he basically says, "I was in, I was in jail for negotiating." <laughs> like, what well, do you mean? He's like, "Well, technically the, right." Yeah, the people I, the people I uh, used to work for used to, you know, when something, when they wouldn't do, you know, something, I'd go and negotiate with them. And he's like, "You mean you beat them up?" He's like, "Yes." <laughs> um, Is so, that that's you know, what the the Jedi call aggressive negotiations? Yes, exactly. Um, so you you know you, you you're getting the the sort of the family dynamic stuff and you know the the he uh, obviously he's he called he calls in a few, Max calls in a few favors to get the house sorted and things and uh, he gets some money from um, his friend who at some point he gave money to to open a gym uh, played by um, Ernie Hudson nice to so get an, a nice uh, little. little not only small, but a little role from Ernie Hudson, who's uh, this uh, this um, boxing gym uh, owner, who you know give, gets some some money and stuff. And there's this a really sweet thing. You know, initially he says he hasn't got any money for him, sort of thing, and he says, you know, he apologizes, but then he turns up at his house hmm. and he gives him this like big wadge of money, and he says, you know, oh, he says I managed to scrape some money together, sort of thing, and. Brian Cox grabs hold of his hand and turns his arm over, and you can see that he's got like a band where his watch was. And it's like, oh, that's I like that. That was very cool. Mm. That was very well done. It was just a, a nice little sort of thing. And you know, you get from there, you get the sort of you know, the dad turns up at his birthday party and he's a prick and all that sort of stuff. And um, it's a, it's a nicely put together movie. Um, you're not going to see anything. Um, terribly original. It's mm. it will hit most of the beats that you're expecting. It has a very sort of um, almost Gran Torino feel to it at times. Okay, um, which is not a bad thing. No, no, I was going to say um, that. That's fine. What it does have is two brilliant performances by Cox and um, Beckinsale. Mm. They are 
they're both yeah. really good actors. So, exactly. You know. It's it's it would I mean you could say duh. It's you know. Yeah, but... I mean Brian Cox, I feel like can elevate any script. He's yes, just one I of think, those actors. I so but I always think um, I always think Kate Beckinsale is a little overlooked. Uh, I think her acting ability is is she's pretty good. Yeah, um, you know, she started off doing lots of sort of um, you know period pieces. And yeah, like she was in a lot of so you know she's got the chops for it. I think she sure. sort of fell into the sort of um, underworld romantic comedy, <laughs> underworld watch. and then romantic comedies. Yes, yes, she's kind and, of known and, for two things, and um, I I, and I feel I, like they underserve her a little. I, they do, but I think they're two things. And don't get me wrong; I really enjoy the underworld movies, uh, and I love the underworld movies. Yeah, me even, too. The, even the rubbish later ones, well, are... less them. The, the first two, for sure, I enjoyed. Yeah, the first two were brilliant, but the others are fun. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's put it that way. And I mean, I I even liked her in in fluff like Bolt. Was it, no, Jolt. Sorry, which, mm. I think it was last year. Was it with Van Helsing? Yeah, I mean that movie is a complete mess. But... <laughs> yeah. I, it's, again, it's fun, oh. and she, has, she. I think she has a very good sense of humour about. Oh, for sure. In. Yeah, yeah. And this is one of those roles where it's a nice dramatic role for her. That, mm-hmm. you know, that, that who she, and she's. I think the fact that she's working against Cox, you know, maybe brings her performance up, you know, a notch. And mm. it's they're really good. And the kid. Um, uh, Christopher Con- Convery, he's really good. He is, is this, you know, really wiry little bright spark who, you know, just kind of wants to know his family a bit more and who loves his dad. But, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, it is a sort of redemption role for, for Cox. And, you know, the, 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 the beats are there, but they're really well done beats. If you, mm. I mean, it's, I, I would, I would recommend this, just for those two performances alone, because they're really good, and it's it's a very small movie. There's, there's, there's it's mostly in just this little house, and it's I really enjoyed it actually. It's it's a it's a really nice sort of family drama that um, has two fantastic performances. Yeah, uh, that you know just just <clears throat> elevate the material just that bit much only because of that. I think if it was any lesser actors. It would just be, you know, yeah. Like if it was an indie movie with just in new new actors you've never heard of, yeah. it would be fine, but not anything special. But the addition so, of I've gotten a look in, 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 you know, I certainly probably wouldn't have watched it. Mm. I mean, Catherine yeah. Hardwick gets it a little kudos for some of her movies, maybe not all. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's completely elevated by by Beckinsale and Cox, and I would you know recommend it for that. It's it's got a really I, I I liked the ending. I could see it coming. Sure, uh, but that's you know I don't think that's a problem. That, no, sometimes that's fine. Yeah, you know, um, it's not necessarily a bad thing. No, it's it's it's, a, it's just a it's a really enjoyable drama movie with with two amazing performances. Hmm. Cool. Well, shall we uh, move on to uh, the Batman? Yeah, the Doom that came to Gotham. Uh, I believe that this is an animated adaptation of a graphic novel or comic. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's Mike McNola. Right. Uh, so it's is it a continuation of the Gath, uh, Gotham by Gaslight? 
No. It's a separate thing. Completely separate. Right. Because yeah. he's wearing a very similar outfit. So I was like, oh, is it, it the same it... Batman or is it different? Because I no. didn't watch uh, I didn't watch Gotham by Gaslight. So I, I didn't oh, know. I, I love Gotham. Well, it's well I my, like the comic. I just haven't reasons. watched it's the... It's one of my favourite... Um... I've read the comic. I haven't watched the movie. So... Uh... It's, it's actually not bad. It's I, I think I reviewed it for the show a while You ago. did. Yeah, I yeah, you did. It. It's got some nice stuff in it. Mm. It's It's... I think the quality of the DC animated is is very much becoming like the actual overall it's DC such animated. a shame there it's... was a there was a period uh when it was like uh red hood and stuff like mm-hmm. that when the dc animated stuff was literally the best comic book stuff you could find yeah and it feels like pretty much since they did um killing joke it's been yeah. a mixed bag i liked the long halloween i did like the long halloween mm-hmm. Um, but it's been up and down, and some of them are awful. Some of them are fine. Um, the Killing Joke was annoying because it had some, because it had the, the cast that we wanted. I just don't know what they were thinking with that. Was the one I, I left that like I don't know what on earth you were thinking. Yeah. Why on earth did Barbara Gordon need to become a love interest for Bruce Wayne? It's weird and creepy yeah. and gross and, and just uh, like. Yeah. It it's really bizarre, is. and and the story does not need it one no. bit. It was just such a strange. I mean, choice. the thing is, is, it's a it's a very slight volume. Killing Joke is very. I mean, I think a lot of these are, are, are very. Yeah, slight. but you could add things around it. You don't need uh, to create a bloody romance no. between Barbara and Bruce. I guess they wanted they wanted they obviously wanted more to do with Bat Batgirl and and, and Barbara. I um, feel like she's I would have the comic been... for basically the shots where she gets yeah but i think you could have you could have had her you know with um <laughs> you know with robin or or yeah. you know tim drake yeah. i guess or you know whoever she's got, she's got an amazing um history with with grayson that's true dick grayson you could have done what? it with dick grayson have her and dick grayson spending more time together and yeah. you know that would have been great and then you would have had that impact of the tragedy affecting someone who's in a relationship with her or in love with her. Um, yeah. That would have made far more sense. Mm-hmm. Bizarre choice. Yeah, but anyway, very odd. we're talking about this film. Yes. The Doom That Came to Gotham. And um, I really like the concept of this film. I've always kind of felt like I, I like, like Batman is a, a ninja dude. Yes, and and I I most like Batman when he is uh, for me I like Batman when he's the detective, and yeah. he uses the theatrics and stuff to to scare his opponents and scare the the the. I think I prefer Batman when he's taking on the criminal underworld rather than the super powered yeah. things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I love yeah, I mean, he, for all intents and purposes he's he's Sherlock Holmes. With yes, slightly more ninja skills. Yeah, and and. But what I like about this is I like the idea. So the idea for this is that it, it's it's basically a Lovecraftian world that 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 Batman Batman's world is inhabited by by a love is in a Lovecraftian world. It's like a what yeah. if Batman was Lovecraft, right? I um, think that's the problem with a lot of these now is that because we're all slightly tainted by the whole multiverse thing. Oh moment, yeah. Because it. they've now become like an annoying, an annoyance. Yep. It's annoying because I like a lot of Elseworld stuff. I'm a big fan of the, I mean, like I said, I, I love Gotham by Gaslight. Mm. I love some of the, the other ones. I, have you ever read Red Rain? No. He's a, literally, he's a vampire in that one. Okay. 
which is I, I mean, again, it's it's over the top and it's silly, but I really love. It. I mean, there's even Castle of the Bat, which is where he's Frankenstein's monster. He fights Dracula as well at some point, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, what I like about this though is I, I like the idea that they have taken the more, uh, the more extreme, ludicrous Batman villains and and yeah. made them, uh, Lovecraftian creatures yeah that's a really cool concept you know you've got like killer croc is now like a cthulhuian creature you know he's, yeah. he's like a, a lovecraftian a slightly more disgusting yeah version of killer croc it's cool like things like that i'm like this is a cool idea um and I like the, you know oswald Cobblepot is like when they, he's, he's only in it very briefly but he, he's he, cool though with he's his just creepy a, a, a penguin creatures in the arctic with um creepy penguin creatures pe- pe- creepy altered penguins yeah so so this movie kind of opens with with bruce wayne effectively he's he's tracking cobblepot uh in in like the north pole or somewhere and uh on this expedition um because it is it is lovecraftian style is set in like the 20s i guess yes um or possibly slightly earlier uh and uh it's 20s is the 20s so he effectively uh ends up through I, I guess it's weird the synopsis says that it's his fault but it wasn't really bruce's fault he didn't let it out but as, as a result of his actions you know involving trying to take down cobblepot who i think cobblepot was part of his expedition before right and went mad or something and that's why he was tracking him down um I, he's been missing i think he's that, been that missing was, that's right he was yeah, investigating so his, his disappearance yeah uh he ends up releasing this this entity yeah, uh, and it's very Cthulhu-y. You can see the outline of it. And it's yeah, clearly it's, a massive it's, squid monster. Um, it's it's Yogshot off, isn't it? I think. I, well, did they name it? I guess maybe they did. I think I thought they did. Maybe not. I don't know. But you, it's, you it's maybe definitely right. one of the Cthulhu creatures. Yeah, clearly. What? You you can see from the outline that it it, it is something. Um, but in any case, obviously, this 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 doom then ultimately comes to Gotham, and it's about Batman uh, taking down. Uh, or, or or bringing an end to this this kind of world-ending uh, evil. Um, there were bits I I really liked that um, you do get the like Batman does temporarily go insane when he sees the the, the Cthulhu-like entity, and I'm like, cool, yeah. like yeah. good. That's how it should be. Uh, and like I said, I did enjoy like they're like, oh, we've got like what can we do with like Raz Al Ghul? Well, we can do you know we can do like the Lovecraftian thing where he's dabbling yeah. in things, and, and it's cool. It's a good idea, right? There are some really nice ideas. I think the problem yeah, the, for me is the, the execution. Yeah, the way it's 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 woven into the um, you know the, the mythos, the, the overall mythos of, of, mm. of Batman works really nicely. You yeah, know, it's, it's, you know. What better explanation for things like Killer Croc than a man bat? Is man bat in this? Did I make that up? Uh, Kurt Landstrom's in it. Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, he's dead, basically. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. But he, he was annoyingly, Kurt Landstrom in this is um, voiced by um, Jeffrey Coombs. Yes. And they missed the trick. I know. I know. I did think that. There's, there's... It's like, dude, you've literally got Reanimator here. Come on. Exactly. The, Come on. Where uh, Arthur, uh, Ar- I was going to say yeah. Arthur Dent, yeah. Harvey Dent goes to see. That would be interesting. Uh, Harvey Dent goes to see Herbert West as his doctor, and you think, well, why didn't you? Why didn't Jeffrey Coombs voice that? That would have. He that could one. have voiced both, and I would have been fine. That's with it. true. Yeah, no one would have cared. No, it would have, it would have no. been. Really cool. 
Because as soon as you as soon as you hear that voice, I'm instantly like reanimator. Yeah. Or is that they're going to be reanimator or Wayun? Is like the two things yeah. that will immediately <laughs> yeah. come to my head. But given that it was a Lovecraftian style story, I immediately was like reanimator. Yeah. Um, I so, mean, he's even played H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, that's true. He has. Yeah. So, um, there are a lot of things I like about this movie. Um, yeah. I just feel like there was something missing. I can't quite put my finger on it. It's um, it's okay. It's, it's um it's dull. Yeah, it is a I, little I, dull. I, it's bad to say, but no, I it, agree. I, I think that's the, I think that's exactly it. I think it, the the elements are there for a really mm-hmm. cool Batman story. Yeah, I just wonder whether it should have been a short. Really, um, I, think have, I think they could have just handled it. I think one of the worst things for me is I think also the voices are so lifeless. Mm-hmm. They, well, that's why just... when you've got someone like Jeffrey Coombs turn up, it is like, oh, yeah. highlight, you know, because uh, mm-hmm. it is the, the voice acting is not it's not terrible, no, uh, but, but just... no one stands out. No, the, um, the guy who's playing Batman, I think he's played in previous. He's voiced I, think in previous he, I think he did the um, Batman versus Robin. I think it's the same guy, isn't it? Yeah, David Gunn. Tolly, who's fine, um, he's not, you know, he's well, he's he's pretty good in in Grim. He's not the greatest of actors. In oh no, Grimm, I meant as Batman, he's okay. Like but, he's not awful. I, but again, no life. No, agreed. And I know, you know, he's. Fucking... Oh no, sorry. So he did Batman: Soul of the Dragon. Uh, never even oh, heard of that film. That film. Um, so yeah, I, know, yeah. He, I mean, he, he. I know Bruce Wayne isn't supposed to be the lively well bruce wayne actually is slightly livelier usually but you know batman's not the most lively of characters but he's got personality he's got you know a presence here he's just sort of nothing it's just very dull Mm. And, and even the guy who's voicing um green arrow or Oliver Queen. Now, now he's not he, Green Arrow in this. The character of Green Arrow in this, I loved. Yeah, the performance, not so much, saying, but I yeah, love. That's the thing. The stuff he's saying is like, why awesome. isn't this grabbing me? Yeah. Should, the stuff he's saying it's is like great. Dad was a Knight Templar and stuff. It's like this is awesome. This is really yeah. cool. Um, because basically it it turns out well, spoilers, but isn't it the the? I, it was a while since I watched this, and it's going from my mind. Uh, I I believe that the that uh oliver queen's father killed bruce's parents right yes and and oliver has befriended bruce and is on this crusade now to right that wrong yeah he believes he's the sort of the chosen one that is going to defeat yes. the doom that's coming to gotham yes so which is great that's yeah. really cool you it know? is uh but you're right the performance just doesn't <laughs> quite reach that that point and and you're right there are so many bits in this movie where you're like i should be more excited than i am because on paper this is awesome i mean the fight between him and and poison ivy should be spectacular yeah but it's just filmed well i say filmed it's just animated in a very dull flat way yeah yeah i mean the the i think it is it magnolia actually drawing the original comic i can't remember if it's he was on or art they all did whether he just wrote it, but the art in in it is very stylized. Yeah, it's it's you know I'm I'm not sure if it's it is Magnolia drawing, but if it's either way, it's you know like Hellboy has a very distinct look. Yes, 
because um, Gotham by Gaslight is is the same. It's the same writer, same artist. So it's it's it has that very distinct, almost grotty, yeah, sort of you know look. And and they didn't do that with this. They sort of made it a little more safe, I guess. Yeah, it feels it, feel, it feels very safe. Not that it's, it doesn't look good because it still looks pretty good, and it's it's animated fine. Mm. Um, it's not the actual worst animation I've seen DC do re- in recent times. Um, but it's just very flat and boring and dull, and it, it, it the, the the stuff that it's showing should be amazing. It should it should really pop. I mean, I mean, how do you make fucking Etrigan dull for fuck's sake? I love Etrigan. Yeah, is it's just oh, it's 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 a it's just more of a disappointment than anything. It's not a bad movie. It's just a mere movie. I mean, there's there's stuff that they've changed. I mean, obviously. They wanted to add a little more diversity to it. So, in the comic, I know it's the his ward. It's literally his wards are um, Dick, Jason, and Tim. Mm. Whereas in this version, it's just Dick and uh, is it Sanjay? Sanjay, yeah. And Kylie. Mm-hmm. So you've got an, an uh, uh, I think an Indian boy, and uh, I think she's Chinese, Chinese girl, which yeah. is like okay, fine, but it's you know, just seems slightly unnecessary. Just sure you wanted a, a bit of diversity. Mm. There, there you go. Good for you. Um, they were fine as characters. Yeah, but... they, that's the thing. They didn't. You know, it's not like they destroyed anything or anything. It was just it just it just seemed a bit pointless when it could have been. Yeah. Jason it, and Tim. That's the thing. I I think that's the problem when you do uh what is effectively an Elseworlds story. Mm. Is that I'm like, well, if you're if you're turning something into something else, like you've gone like, what if Batman was Lovecraftian? Then I want to see all of the characters and what they're like in this Lovecraftian yeah. world, and and replacing some of the core characters with just random people. It's like, well, that's it feels like a bit of a, a missed uh, opportunity where yeah. we could have seen, you know, other characters in the Batman universe instead and just see what they are like. Because what they did with Oliver Queen was genius. I was like, that's really cool. That's a really cool idea, you know. And what they do to Two-Face is is interesting. Yes, I liked that a lot with the itch and just getting worse and worse. That was really cool. And and, and actually gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously it's comic where where it's drawn and the way it is, it's obviously much darker and much grimmer in 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 the comic. Um, they, you know, there, there is a certain level of sanitation that they've done for yeah. the for the, for the for the movie, which I guess they, I'm like, what is it? It's a it's a twelve. So they obviously wanted a a younger a younger audience, I suppose, and they probably didn't want to deal with the some of the the nastier stuff, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like I said, it's got some lovely. I it's got well, it's 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 a pretty. Other than a few changes, it's a pretty faithful adaption, just sanitized. Right. So it's not awful. No, I I liked it. I just, it was, it felt like watching it, I I enjoyed it. I'm glad I watched it. I just felt like on paper, I should have absolutely loved it. And instead I was like, it's fine. (laughs) You know, it's not bad. I enjoy it, but it's not great. Maybe if they, if if it was, the voices were re-recorded yeah to give them a little more life that, it, that would help for I sure i think it would you know it would just lift it up a little yeah yeah but it's not bad it's uh it, it's worth a watch 
it's worth yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it, if if you're if you're a Batman fan, then I think it will certainly. There are worse Batman scratch, films. Yeah, it'll scratch your itch. It'll, it's yeah. it's a it's a it's a, a certainly not the worst of the the animated movies I've seen in recent years. So it's mm. it's at least enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, and uh, well, speaking of enjoyable, uh, I I watched Shin masked rider common rider um masked rider over here apparently um so uh this is the the third movie in the the shin universe which is not really a a traditional marvel cinematic universe it's it's a universe of separate stories but with shin in front of them they're basically reimagining uh all of it sounds like they sort of gone what what can we do to make them like slightly nastier and and sort of weirder we'll just put shin in front of it well i i guess you know they they are um well they're not always that way yeah it's it's kind of odd like they're the more i watch these shin movies the more i'm like they are just uh retellings and and they just they're very faithful to whatever they're remaking effectively they're quite faithful like shin godzilla which i you know as you said many a time i I think is a masterpiece i absolutely love shin godzilla is a very uh tonally similar uh and and you know commentary political commentary social commentary very similar to the original godzilla shin ultraman similarly was very light-hearted very fun and felt very episodic um and and was very humorous like the original ultraman was uh in places although i had quite a touching ending and stuff has serious moments but there's a lot of kind of the the humor and silliness that goes along with ultraman and here shin mass rider we get an ultra violent gory well not gory bloody very bloody uh you know version of 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 common rider um so you know again i know i don't know as much about common rider as i do obviously godzilla or ultraman so but what i know of it is i know it is quite bloody and and violent and and they've they've continued that here i've seen a couple of episodes of of common rider in the past but um I think the different number of versions of it, isn't there? I think as well. I think it's been. Yeah, I, I've seen some of the original show, and I have seen. I watched quite a bit of the more recent. Is it Black Sun? They did. Uh, there was a version uh, called yes. Black Sun. I think was out on Amazon. I watched a few episodes of that as well. Um, and uh, basically, this is a, a retelling, as I understand it. It's kind of a, a retelling of of Masked Rider, um, or Carmen Rider, and uh, much like Shin Ultraman. And I think this is where we we get this thing right, where Shin Godzilla was a movie, and it and it it was one movie and one story, just like Godzilla was one movie and one story, and that is fine. When we get to Shin Ultraman, they're like, well, it was a series, so let's make a series as a movie, and and that's very much what Shin Ultraman feels like. When you watch Shin Ultraman, it's like. I am watching a season of TV in like two hours. Like <laughs> there's like so much going on. It's like they, they fight one monster and then another monster. They fight that monster and then another monster turns up and they fight that monster. And then there's this storyline and then that storyline and then this storyline. It works somehow in, in Shin Ultra. Okay. But, it, but it is, it feels very, uh, very much like you've taken a season of TV and made it into a movie and things go at like a breakneck pace where they go from one crisis to the next crisis. Um, and they've done the same here. The Japanese have done that a lot with their anime. Yes. Uh, you know, the, 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 
when they've made like a, a, a movie version of an of an anime, yeah. it's usually Shove as like much a as condensed can. series, yeah. and it's it, a lot of them are just messies and are, are messy and unwatchable. Well, that's the thing. So with Shin Ultraman, it worked. I think I feel like it works less here, not as well. Yeah. Um, they've done very much the same thing. It is like it feels like each of the enemies they face feels like it should be its own episode but instead it's just all in a movie one after another after another after another and it just kind of continues like that um and uh they also do um i think i'm right in saying that in the original uh common rider the the uh actor playing common rider injured himself and they replaced him with uh, someone else but instead of just recasting him they made him another common rider so there was like a second common rider yeah. This movie does that. There's two common riders by the end of the movie because uh, oh, okay. they also shove that in. <laughs> you know, they're like, let's just shove everything into this movie. Um, and and as a result, I mean, it, it's very fast paced in places. Uh, it's very violent. The fight scenes are cool. There's some really cool bikey things and and fighty things and some cool designs with the different orgs and the different uh, the different types. You got like spider type org and a vampire a bat type org and stuff. And they're all really cool designs and cool fights and stuff um but it does like there's just so many things and nothing has time to breathe it's like we go from like it starts with a fight and and the, the opening is really cool because it is just like straight into the action uh he's fighting the spider org i think and right. uh it's just this big fight scene fight 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 and then and then like loads of exposition and then on to the next fight and then loads of exposition and on to the next fight and that's pretty much how the movie goes um but i did find in this movie particularly the pacing was just weird it was too much it somehow like goes at a breakneck pace but also somehow manages to be kind of dull in places and that sounds really i can't really explain that other than to like say you'd have to see it to see what i mean um but it 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 just for some reason and and it could just be that i'm not as familiar with carmen rider right that might be it uh that might be why i preferred shin ultraman that may be it because because like i talk about shin godzilla and i'm like i would recommend shin godzilla to anyone yeah if you don't like godzilla i still think you should watch shin godzilla i think it's a wonderful movie uh shin ultraman i think i said in my review last year i was like i wouldn't recommend this unless you like ultraman like yeah. you know and that's kind of what i'm wondering if i was like as big a fan of of Kamen rider as i was ultraman i'd probably think higher of this i think so it may be some of that there's some really cool action scenes i do think those they've just shoved too much into the movie and unlike with ultraman it doesn't work quite as well for me um the the other issue is i don't really like uh the the first common rider okay. uh takeshi hongo uh who is the first common rider in the movie uh he's okay He's kind of, um, he's kind of got like a, he's a bit dull as a, as a personality. Oh, right. Okay. And then later in the movie, uh, we, we meet the second Kamen Rider who is way better, like way cooler. Um, Hayato, Hayato Ichimonji. Now yeah. he's like a journalist and, uh, he, he's made into the second, uh, uh, grasshopper or org. And, and becomes Kamen Rider 2 because he like, breaks his programming or whatever. He's way more cooler. You know, he's got way more personality. And I guess that's probably how it was in the show, right? So it probably, you know, it's probably the same. But you do kind of feel like, I was like, oh, I wish the whole movie was him, to be yeah. honest. Um, 
but it's not terrible it it's it's fine it's got some great visuals it's really bloody and violent uh which is fun i just noticed shinya sakamoto's in it yes yeah is he a bad guy by any chance uh he is yeah it's like mm, kind of um <laughs> you know you know how it is <laughs> he's the father i think of um yeah he's yeah he's the father um okay yeah he's he <sighs> bit shady but it's it's the thing is mm. i this appeals to me slightly more than the ultraman it you may love it i mean i didn't hate it i i just think for like if i was ranking them so far i i would rank them in the order they came out yeah personally uh yep, it's the same director isn't it it's the same it's the same director yeah um for yeah. these for this one in ultraman i think it's the mm. same director um no, no and um uh I think it's just producer of God- Shin Godzilla, right? No, no, director as well. Oh, right, okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, it's a uh, it, it's it's fine. It's just it's like I said, it's very fast paced. It feels like they've shoved an entire season of of Common Rider into a movie, and I just felt like it worked a little better in Ultraman than it does here. But there are some great fight scenes. Um, there's some really fun moments. Uh, you know, I, I would uh, certainly, if you're a fan of Kamen Rider, I'm sure you'll love it. Uh, mm. I'm not such a fan of Kamen Rider. I, I, if anything, this movie has said to me that I need to go back and watch the original Kamen Rider. Yeah. Uh, through, which is I've something seen, I've always I've, wanted to do, but I know I've seen bits and pieces. Yeah, so same. I've seen the odd episode and bits. But I, and I, I think it was of those things. I think that was massive in America. I think it was bigger in America than it was over here. Yes, I don't think it ever took off properly here. No. Um, Which, I mean, annoyingly, a lot of the Japanese stuff took off way better in the States than it did over here. It did, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I certainly recommend it. If you're a Kamen Rider fan, I think you'll love it. I'm, I I could tell from watching it there are a lot of references I didn't get that yeah. I'm sure I would love, like I did with Shin Godzilla and Shin Ultraman, where I was like, oh my God, they've done this and they've done that. And, and you know, with this, I was like, I think this would mean more if I'd seen the original. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't think it works quite as well here. But it's it's not terrible. Uh, I did enjoy it. And um, yeah. What else have you watched, Matt? Uh, so I also watched uh, They Cloned Tyrone. They cloned Tyrone. I was uh, I was tempted to watch this one. Um, it looks weird. It is weird. Because <laughs> isn't it like modern day, but it looks like it's set in the 70s? It's kind so, of a weird, like, they're all yeah, dressed like the yeah. 70s, even though it's modern day. And I'm like, is it a parallel universe? Or, like, what's the deal? So I'm curious. So basically, um, it's uh, John Boyega, Jamie Foxx, and uh, Tayona Paris. I don't know uh, Tayona Paris, but yeah, uh, solid no, cast. She, she, is, been in? Um, she was in the Candyman movie, the new one. Oh, okay. And she's also Monica Rambeau in um, the Marvels. Oh, she was she was fine in Candyman. I, I I'm looking at her now. I, I haven't seen the Marvels, obviously, but no, uh, no, probably won't. To be honest, <laughs> I have to imagine. Like I most would. of the Marvel stuff at the moment, I'm probably going to give it a pass. Yeah, um, I think we're done. Uh, she's, she's actually she's pretty good in this. Um, cool. So yeah, so it's it's sort of modern day, but seventies. Sure. 
Um, it's and it's filmed with like a, a a filter, so it's got this sort of grainy black exploitation nice. look about it. Okay, which I really I really appreciated. It. I thought it was very cool. Yeah, I, I like I I um, like so, black exploitation movies, so I, I'm down with it. You know, so we're introduced to John Boyega's Fontaine, uh-huh. who is basically a listless drug dealer. Um, and you've also got uh, Slick Charles, played by Jimmy Fox, who is a pimp, and uh, Tayuna Paris's uh, Yo-Yo, who is one of his whores. Mm-hmm. So basically, you see the sort of the day-to-day grind of Fontaine getting his money from people, and you know, do working out and doing some stuff with this kid and then mm-hmm. uh, running over a, another, a, I think a rival drug dealer. Um, and then uh, he basically, um, through <clears throat> over a very short period, um, gets killed. Uh, he gets shot right. and um, d- dies and then wakes up the next day with no real memory of the previous day's events. Right. Uh, so he goes back to Slick Charles um, to get his money from him. And, of course, I mean, he's all, the day before he went to him to get, pick up his money, and obviously he'd been hiding from him in this hotel, so he'd gone and got his money, and it, it was outside the hotel that he got killed. Mm-hmm. So, of course, he turns up, and Slick Charles is like, what the fuck? You, you, you're like, you're dead. How, how could you be, you know... Oh, so so it's not like everything's reset. It's just he just no, doesn't just know him. that he died, even though he died, yeah. and now he's just back, so right? Pretty much anybody around saw him get popped. Okay. He, he is most he was most definitely dead. Yeah. Um, but now appears not to. And then, through a series of, of sort of misadventures, um, they find that um, there's something maybe in the chicken they're eating and weird thing weird people are bringing products that seem to be affecting people like the hair products in the the salon seem to be dumbing people down right and and, you know and, and things like that and then they discover that there's a basic there's a hidden base underneath a presumably you know, a cloning facility, is it? Yeah. So basically, right. uh, I don't know how much, how much to sort of say, really. Of basically, everybody on, under the ground is obviously white. Um, you get it's it's not exactly run by, but of, but it's seen overseen by Nixon, who's played by Nice Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, that's awesome. Um, who's doing that? You know, have you seen? Have you seen? Um, uh, aliens versus monsters. Aliens versus monsters. Yeah, it's a cartoon. No, it's... I don't think I have. I was thinking I've seen Aliens versus Cowboys. I didn't know Aliens versus Monsters, so no, I have not seen that. Oh, it's really, it's really fun. It's okay. basically um, a bunch of sort of like fifties B movie monsters. So you've got uh, Reese Witherspoon is Ginormica. <laughs> Who's basically, you know, the 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 fifty foot woman sort of thing. Oh, so you've it's all got, like atomic, uh, at- atomic yeah. age. So it's, uh... You've got the the sort of Bob, who is like the blob, 
and you've got mid Doctor Cockroach. Oh, this sounds right up my street. Why haven't I seen this? It's really fun. It's really good. Doctor Cockroach is, is Hugh Laurie. Uh, Seth Rogen is Bob, who's really funny. And then you've got um, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, and basically, Earth is invaded, and the the monsters have to fight off the invasion. Employed to, to, to sounds to, fun. To fight them off. It is. It's really funny. And um, Kiefer Sutherland is play, plays this uh, the general who's oversees the prison that, where the the monsters live. Right. And he's got this sort of southern drawl. He's like a shouty southern general. And he seems to be basically doing that character here. He's a sort of shouty southern guy. <coughs> um, so, I really like the way it was filmed. I like um, it was like I said, it's, it's it, you know it's filmed very much like it's a black exploitation movie, mm-hmm. um, which John I do Bailey like. I, I do like a lot of black exploitation movies, yeah. and I like the modern uh, versions as well. So, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's, a, there's been a few pretty good ones, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Boyega is great as Fontaine. Uh, he's, he, he, I think he's seems to have hit this rut where he's... I know, he, I'm so, like... really talented like dude who Star just... Star Wars fucking broke him, and I'm so yeah. sad about it, because he's such a talented actor. Yeah, he And really he deserves is. so much goddamn better. He's certainly the best fucking thing in this movie. He was the best uh, goddamn thing in the Star Wars movies. Well, in the that first, one, first movie, it was like... In the first one, he's got a fucking he's character. great. Yeah, I know. Oh, and so then they, annoying. They, they dumb him down and make him an idiot for the rest for the. Yeah, it seems like even he regrets it now. So. Oh, God, yeah. I think he was probably regretting it all along. But, you know, once you get to the point where you're getting paid, you have to say certain things. I understand. Yeah. Obviously, they're free of that now, so we're starting to hear. Um, uh, but that's yeah, just... Yeah, it's a great... I, I hope that this movie can elevate him back to where he belongs, to be honest. Maybe. I mean... Because he's great. He's really good. I think it seems to be going down quite well. Um, mm. It's on my list. I, I was meaning to check it out. I'm just not doing... Uh, I'm not in Netflix right now. So yeah, yeah, when I get back what... to Netflix, I will definitely be checking it out. Um, Danny Fox is fine. He's, you know, he's not really stretched or anything. He's, he's just... Mm. He's good, though. You know. Yeah, he's, he's, he's all right. Um... Tiana Paris is quite fun. Um, honestly, it's it's feels to me like overall it's um, it's a movie that's basically Jordan Peele light. Okay, you know, I mean, it's got it's obviously got its its social commentary angle, which is fine. Um, well, that no, that that's and that is you know that is absolutely fine. Yeah, I, I think, it, it is. Is it uh, less pretentious than Jordan Peele? I guess is the the key thing. Uh, yes. Well, that's something. I mean, oh, I God, think... I I find it really difficult with Jordan Peele because I do like a lot of his stuff. I I find I am increasingly disliking his like newer stuff, if I'm honest. But that's just maybe me. Yeah, I, he's not really done much for me. But okay. Um, I I think it's again the the very much that the performance is probably you know at least. Make mm. it a w- worth a watch. Yeah, yeah, Especially, yeah. It's um, it's character. Um, when you get to the sort of underground, the, the underground stuff, and I, I'm not tr- going to give sort of too much away. There is some interesting ideas. There's some nice mm-hmm. sort of like moments. Um, the the overall plan when you find out what's going on is a sort of okay. I'm sure there are easier ways. <laughs> what, yeah. 
doing. Uh-huh. Um, but fine, and it doesn't really explain. Oh, uh, do we need? There to? are certain details that just don't quite make sense. I think is 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 yeah. the way of putting it without giving anything away. See, I um, feel like I'm I'm like you know, I, I said this about us as well. Speaking of Jordan Peele, where mm. I I really love us until yeah. they try and explain anything. And then it's like this is really dumb now. Why did you try and explain anything? <laughs> you know, like I, I'm, I'm from that. Like the Twilight Zone is my favorite TV show of all time, and I, and I yeah. feel like it's fine to not explain things sometimes. It could just be a weird thing, and I'll be happy yeah. with that. You know, and I kind of feel yeah, like maybe I, that would be the case here if it was just like, yeah, we're just been cloning you. It's fine. Especially with, you know, some, you know, some of the some of the weirder movies. I mean, look at Lynch and and Cronenberg. Yeah, exactly. Right. They don't fucking fight the need to explain themselves no, no it's fine and and and, and leaving a, an intelligent audience to read what they want into something is fine yeah that's fine. absolutely i think that's it's it's something that needs to happen more in bloody movies than trying to make i think so make it so that everybody i mean especially recently when the um one of the guy behind the one of the guys behind the witcher basically said oh we dumb we dumbed down the witcher because americans are stupid you think wow dude <laughs> did he say that way to fucking kill your career that's brilliant yeah where do like, you where do you work hollywood I, yeah <laughs> okay exactly and i know i know it's a it's a standard it's always been one of those standard things it's that oh you, we need to make this movie you know dumb enough just dumb enough for americans to understand we we've heard that from execs for fucking decades it's not it's not a new thing, but usually they're a little more clever about fucking announcing it, you know, or, or at least they don't, they don't announce, they, they certainly don't get one of their writers to fucking say it. No. <clears throat> wow. So I, I think, you know, some in certain things, a certain amount of ambiguity is fine. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's the way to go. Um, you if, know. It's, if it's good enough, it'll find a bloody audience. Yeah. I mean, it may not be the hit that you, you intend. Sure. But... I mean, it's never really damaged Cronenberg and, and, and Lynch. Mm. They've got their they've got their core. I mean, I'll watch anything those two do. So, yeah. I mean, it's like, it might. <laughs> I guess that's not a great pull, but there, there are certainly people that will do it. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's fine. I again, it's 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 not gonna wow you or anything. It's it's an it's an inter, it's an interesting enough movie that's again elevated by the performances. It's yeah. it, you you will you will want to stay with these characters because they're interesting enough and they're fun. Mm. And you know Boyega's just a bloody charming dude. That... Yeah, it 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 looks like a very fun movie from the trailer. Mm-hmm. Just looks like a a lot of fun. Yeah, there are some really nice moments of sort of pathos with his character that you just think, oh, you know, this dude should be in. Really good movies. It just, yeah, you know, not doesn't seem to be getting them. I think, you know, I think there was a. a it cu- feels like you know, Attack the Block mm. was like my first. I think it was the first film I saw him in. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the first movie. And it I was saw. like this dude is destined for greatness. And then yeah. he did. Then he got Star Wars, and I was like, oh my god, he's got Star Wars. That's great for him. And then we saw Star Wars, and it was like, oh no. <laughs> and then yeah. since then, it's kind of like you said, it's stalled a bit because he did. Um, Oh, he did that awful... Um... Detroit, which I think got really Wasn't good. He, uh, he was in the awful Pacific Rim uh, sequel, right? 
Yeah. I, mean, well, is, I love Pacific Rim. I mean, but... I like Pacific Rim, and the second well, one, the second one is got awful. Fun moments in it, but it's not good. It's a I, shame. Hopefully, he'll. You know. He 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 voiced Bigwig in a version of Worship Now. My God, I didn't know that. No, I didn't either. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, he's, he's. Well, I I will certainly be watching this one when I come back to Netflix. Um, I, I kind of I, I would I would say for because um, it's, it's not it's not horror it's 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 I think a lot of the comedy elements fell flat for me a little okay um, but I think I would kind of I would I would kind of recommend it as an oddity mm-hmm. I mean I think it's 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 not. I wouldn't if 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 I was if somebody said oh, I really want to watch a really really good film I certainly couldn't say well go watch this because it's a really good movie it's it's not it's just it's just a it's an interesting movie with with some some neat ideas uh, done by a, a pretty good cast mm. that's cool. kind of you know all I can really say about it yeah well I will I will certainly be checking this one out at some point um probably whenever this camera out yeah whenever the camera series is out I'll be back on Netflix I, so at that I point think, I will. Yeah. I will uh, I will watch this. Um but anyway, I uh I watched Kandahar. Mm, it was one of the movies I nearly watched and didn't get round to. Yes, it's the the Gerard Butler has fallen into a a hole of mediocre action movies and um yeah. you know, some of them are okay, some of them not so much. Um it just seems to be the thing he does now. He's or at least he went through a phase of doing a lot of them and they're now all getting released. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, it's like I, I don't know. Them. Yeah, well, because he did um, Greenland, which I really liked. I really loved that. That movie. was a fun. That's getting a sequel. I don't know if he's in it. But, oh, I didn't uh, know that. Apparently, he's getting a sequel. Um, and and then he did like Plane. I think Does I that talked movie about. Need a bloody sequel? No, absolutely not. But but I think they're doing well anyway because it made money. Um, you know how okay. it is. Um, but. Uh, I, I saw Plane. He was in that was that was like a like I said, it felt like a canon movie, yeah, <laughs> modern day canon movie. Well, uh, to be honest, your 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 um your review of that did make me think oh, maybe I watch it. I had I, fun. I had a lot like of fun watching fun. Plane. It's rubbish, but it's fun. Yeah, it it did in the best way possible. It felt like a canon movie. It was yeah. like if canon was around today, they would have made Plane. <laughs> uh, Kandahar is not really that though. Um. So Kandahar, uh, like I said, stars uh, Gerard Butler, um, Ali Fazal, uh, Nina uh, Tucson uh, White, um, and uh, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right, but I, I've seen her in a few things anyway. She's generally pretty good. Um, anyway, Tom Harris, played by Gerard Butler, he's a uh, an undercover CIA operative, and um, he basically is like a... He blends in. He's like a ghost, and they send him in places to to do the spying and and you know get the intelligence that uh, the CIA need. And uh, effectively, we kind of open with him uh, under the guise of a uh, communications uh, contractor, a telecommunications contractor, and he he's installing internet. Uh, and he's like uh, he get he gets stopped uh, in uh, I can't remember where is it Iran is in Iran. Yeah, I think he's in Iran, and um, they are. Uh, they are they've got like a nuclear weapons facility and they're they're you know 
the CIA want to stop it. So he's basically in, infected their uh, their servers with malware to to kind of uh, show where the 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 location is so that they can hack in and, and do what they need to do uh but under the guise of being a telecommunications uh, contractor and you know he gets stopped by these guards and he's like oh no look i'll just get my phone and he gets a phone out at gunpoint and shows them football and he's like look wi-fi it's really fast now and they, they kind of you know they're like fine um so they they kind of buy it and later on the the the, the nuclear facility is blown up uh meanwhile this uh uh journalist is uh is kind of tracking what's going on in iran and she gets the scoop uh of the the cia guys uh including tom um and and basically uh she becomes aware of 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 who was involved in this operation um and she's talking to her news department she ends up getting kidnapped um uh by the iranian government uh, they capture her and thus get the information about Tom. Uh, so basically, Tom is, unbeknownst to Tom, while that's happening, he's meant to be going to see his daughter for his, this, uh, this, if this sounds cliche, then you're right. Um, he's got this estranged family. He's he's going through a divorce because he cares about the job more than his family and he's never home and it's his daughter's <laughs> birthday and oh my god, you need to make this birthday because you never make it to the birthdays. You know, you know, you know the story, right? It's it's that story. You mean he's Liam Neeson. Yes, he's basically Liam Neeson, except his family don't get kidnapped. So, you know, it's it's not that. <laughs> but you know, it's it's that typical like, oh, you know, he's he's an assassin or he's a spy and he's got yeah. this family and he neglects them because he's busy saving the world but they don't appreciate that because they probably don't know that he saves the world and he's got this daughter and all she wants is for her dad to turn up to her birthday but he's got to stop nuclear weapons but she doesn't know you know what you know you know the story um so anyway he is about to go back to to see his daughter when he's called back in and there's one more job we want you to go and do this one more thing sneak into this place so he does, and he, he heads off with his interpreter um, to 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 sneak in. Um, uh, where does he go? Uh, Herat, yeah, Afghanistan. And um, when he gets there, he is scouting out this place. When he is told by his handler, uh, "Your face is all over the news. Everyone knows who you are. You are now. You you know basically your your disguise has been given out." And uh, effectively in Herat, there are um, God, I, I forget. At one point, they're like, "Well, the Iranians are after you because you you basically blew up their nuclear." thing uh, everybody wants you yeah like the iraqis <laughs> fucking hate you uh the chinese hate you basically all of these they're like they're like basically within within iraq there are all of these powers and all of them will basically happily kidnap you and sell you to the highest bidder yeah. basically uh so it becomes a chase movie where he needs to get like i think it's like 400 miles to this this safe cia safe house where they'll then get in and, and pick him up and, and extract him yeah. Um, and you know the movie pretty much goes as you would expect um, it does kind of tell it from different perspectives we get to see these different forces trying to to, to get to him um, and meanwhile we see the CIA trying to rescue him they've got like they're like oh well you've got some SAS people over here we can get them in to, to extract him if he gets to this location but of course everyone knows what he looks like and you know so it it's it's a it's a fun action movie it's right. nothing brilliant it's it's kind of okay um yeah. i feel like uh 
well, if if you hadn't already reviewed it, I yeah. feel like I would have had a better time if I watched the Covenant. <laughs> See, so that's to be exactly why I didn't watch it. Yeah, so I need I to watch the, the Covenant still. Thought, Ooh, that's got so many beats from the Covenant. That well, before. funny enough, I I haven't watched the Covenant, but watching it, I was like, this reminds me of Matt's review of the Covenant. Except I think <laughs> Covenant is probably a better movie than this is. So yeah, um, the Covenant I really did enjoy. Actually, there's a lot, of, lots of, and I didn't hate this. It was just, it was okay. It's fine, you know. It's very, I mean, the, very run of the mill. <laughs> Even little details of the comment that I like the sound of more is the you know things mm. like he's he's not estranged from his wife and family. They love him. He's, yeah, he's married. They you know he goes back to his family mm. and they you know those things is like just little things is like this... that make it so much better. There, there is there is a very forced dialogue conversation on the phone with with him and his wife uh, near the opening of this movie where you know she has to mention all the things yeah you know like oh we never see you anymore and you must make my our daughter's birthday because she thinks that you don't you know her friends think you don't exist and this is your last chance to prove it to her oh and also you need to sign the divorce papers when you come over because i want to be done with this relationship and move on and but you need to take care of yourself and i'm still really worried about you it's like oh my god every cliche you can possibly take yeah. in this one phone conversation like, I'm, I'm sorry do you have a list there? yeah it's you're like literally off. you're just going through a list aren't you um yeah it's like let's take every box um yeah it, it's fine it's not a terrible movie uh it, it's just very generic and and very run-of-the-mill um be the running theme of the episode doesn't it <laughs> well it is going to be the running theme of the episode although the next one is actually pretty bad so uh okay yeah. well i'll end on a low but <laughs> it's fine anyway maybe you could uh you could you could turn things around with uh happiness for beginners uh, so, uh, Happiness for Beginners uh, uh, on Netflix at the moment. Uh, so this is uh, Ellie Camper, uh, Luke Grimes, uh, Nico Santos, uh, Blythe Danners in it, which, which, which uh, you know, just a slight impre- uh, was impressive for me. Yeah, I mean, she, yeah, a very small part. But uh, so basically, uh, we are introduced to Helen, who is uh, she's recently divorced. Um, and she basically decides that she wants to sort of do a bit more with her life. She wants to find herself, as it were. So she decides that she's going to go on a um, a hike. She's going to do the Appalachian Trail. Um, and uh, mean, you know, she, you discover that she, uh, her her mother basically abandoned her, her mother abandoned her to her to her grandmother when when they were kids. Um, her little her you find out that her littlest brother died and and her mother couldn't cope, and so she gave them to the grandmother. The grandmother brought them up. Um, and her brother's best friend is clearly, played by Luke Grimes, clearly in, into her. Uh, and, you know, you get the impression they he's been into her his whole life, basically. Um, he, she, so she, she, you know, she leaves the, her house with her brother and she goes on to this thing. And, um, Luke Grimes turns up, and of course she's like, "What are you doing here?" He's like, "Oh, well, you know, I planned this rage. I, I didn't know you were doing it." It's like, "Okay, bullshit, but fine." Um, so basically, it's a sort of a, a comedy um, drama romance movie um, with you know them on this trail and Ellie Campo, who I don't know whether you've seen um, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. 
I have. I love that show. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's, it's Ellie Campo, and she, uh, uh, that's kind of why I watched it, because I really do like her. I think she's really funny. I, I uh, haven't watched all of uh, Kimmy Schmidt, but what I've seen of it, I love. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's like, I keep meaning to go back to it. I think it's a wonderful show. I love her um, her gay housemate is yeah. hilarious. And just the, the two of them, I, like the two of them together are just so good. It's such and, a good pairing. And, um, oh, what's her name? Is the, the landlady? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. That... Carol Kane. Carol Kane. Carol Kane is wonderful. Is this sort of, is this sort of dotty, uh, hippie, you know, landlady. And it's a great sort of, I was going to say trio, but you've also got um, what's her, uh, Jane, what's her face as well. Yeah, it's, yeah I love, I love, you know, so that, that was what made me think, oh, come on. I could do with a sort of a, 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 a naff romance movie with Ellie Camper. Um, so obviously you get the, you know, the, the she's unequipped for, for this thing. She, you know, she's, um, <laughs> she, there's one of the, uh, uh, Nico Santos basically says, Oh, I'm glad I'm not the only older person here now. And like, she's like, Hey, like, what? <laughs> and obviously there's a guy, the, the guy in charge is this like, over enthusiastic guy, and the other group members are sort of like this hippie girl, sort of who, who well, so she's like a space cadet, but you you find out that she's actually in finance and she's incredibly clever, right? And, you know, and there's all silly beats and 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 stuff like that, and and Luke Grimes, um, who's in, uh, who's great in Yellowstone, is is playing uh, a sort of a, a slightly goofy adorable dude in this and it's, it's like wow it's, it's a lot different from from Yellowstone which is nice um Ellie Camper is just is again slightly silly and, and charming and you know it's 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 nothing it's not going to get you like um like wild you know the uh with um Reese with a spoon where she goes on the discover the journey of discovery that's a fucking great movie that's that's not remotely well it's it, it's got funny moments in it but it's not comedic that's a, a really good sort of road trip movie and you there's also that um oh what was it it's a bill bryson novel where he goes on the trail i can't remember what it's bloody called now they did they did a version they did with um is it robert redford and um oh christ now i'm gonna forget his name anyway it's not that sort of level of of good it's it's Okay, some of the fun stuff works. Some of it is groan-inducing. Um, there's, you know, there's there's drama when one of them breaks their legs and they have she has to go off and you know do the whole oh I must I'm on my I must go and find help and I'm you know you you get all those little beats and obviously you get the the unrequited love stuff where you know the 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 her her, her Luke Grimes character's like you know. You know, I, I've always thought that you were better than this. Your husband, the, the guy that you married, he's a, he was a dick. You know, and she's like, obviously, never seen him like that before because he's her, her brother's mate. It's, it's. I really enjoyed it. It's kind of rubbish. Yeah, but sometimes that's but fine. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a sort of standard romance comedy. It's, it's not terribly funny and it's not terribly good but it's inoffensive yeah it's very inoffensive and enjoyable it's got some i mean 
I can't say great performances because it's just them doing goofy stuff. I, I was actually pretty impressed with Luke Grimes' his comedy chops. Actually, I thought he was he had some 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 moments that were you know quite sweet and funny. Which if you've seen him on uh, Yellowstone, it is actually a, a big difference. Yeah, um, yeah. I would. I. I. If, if you're looking for a bit of fluff to pass the time, and you like these sorts of movies, yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> um, I, I kind of I would recommend it. It's, it's just a bit of fluff, and that's it. Really, it's, it was it was enjoyable enough, <clears throat> and and you know Ellie Camden was charming, Luke Grimes was charming, so I can I can I can say that that those are the good things. Yeah, well that's fair enough. It sounds fun. Yeah, it sounds fun enough, which is more than can be said for Transformers. I'm surprised you even watched it, dude. There's one reason I watched this, and you know the reason I watched this. Because I actually enjoyed Bumblebee. That's the only reason... Oh, well, reason I knew I it wasn't going to be fucking Bumblebee. They, the, the producer already said, oh, no, the next one's going to be like the old ones. And you're like... And it is. It Why? absolutely is. So oh. I was really surprised. I did not want to watch Bumblebee. I, I watched it with my housemate and I was really surprised at how much I really enjoyed Bumblebee. It was a fun, refreshing little movie after it wasn't anything brilliant, but it I, was I, a I I disagree. I think it's a great movie. It's I, fine. I really if they'd enjoyed... started the Transformers franchise with that movie. Yeah. My god, it would have been so much better than the I mean the the opening, what, ten minutes, five, ten minutes on Cybertron? Great. Like... It's like, oh it's my god, it's Transformers. Everybody looks like they're supposed to. Yeah, yeah. And and I and so, you know, I, I I'd heard really bad things about this one. Um but, you know, I, I had a given a copy and I was like, Do you know what? Uh I, I really liked Bumblebee. I'll give it a go. It's shit. <laughs> um so they yeah. have they have regressed right back to Michael Bay. Uh, it's Unicron. It's Unicron time. We've gone from this nice, smaller scale Bumblebee story about a girl in a car, and the car turns out to be a Transformer, and you know, then we got this, this, this real sort of charming Bumblebee and uh, charming relationship between you know this kid and and Bumblebee and and her friend as well. To this fucking like, oh, yeah, okay, yes, yeah, Unicron, great. So we've got the nostalgia of it being Unicron, but it's just another world-ending thing, and we need to find the keys to to you know to turn on the power to stop the. Th- it's the same story, like every Michael Bay Transformers movie. It was always this universe world-ending catastrophe we have to get the keys to the thing and do the thing to you know like it, it's like it immediately i felt like oh my god it's it has regressed back to the michael bay movies um for some reason optimus prime is an asshole in this movie uh, that. yeah he they just don't give a shit about humans and they kind of don't care if they die in order to get back to cybertron they're just like fuck them um i cannot imagine optimus saying shit like that they they try to explain it as him being he's got like he feels guilty for what happened on cybertron and for stranding them on earth uh the the and and like the lost the autobots he's lost along the way so he's become bitter hmm so that makes him an asshole. Yeah, it makes him a bitter asshole, and he's negative, and and he hates humans for most of the movie until he meets um, 
Optimus Primal, who teaches him the way. And How do they explain the Optimus Primal film? Because isn't that uh, an entirely separate universe? No, it's the same universe. So, in, in, from my my limited memory of of um, Beastmasters, was it Beastmasters? <laughs> Yeah, I'm just I'm getting confused because I'm thinking of the movie Beastmaster now, so I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting lost. Beast Wars, Beast Wars, it's Beast right. Wars. I think yes. so. Anyway, from my limited memory of Beast Wars, is that it? <clears throat> that Optimus Primal gets the name Optimus Primal because it's in the distant future, and it's it's like Optimus Prime is is like a legend, oh. so he's named after the legend. But then they end up falling through they don't know this until later in the season of, of beast wars <clears throat> might be even like end of season one start of season two or something uh they they discover that they actually fell through a time thing and they're actually back in time so yeah. they're on earth they're on prehistoric yeah, earth i remember them being on Earth, and I it thought, links it, it does link in no it does link in because at uh, okay. one point they find the autobots it's kind of i think they decided to do it late on and they kind of shoehorned it in but effectively they find the autobots for a while and they they do a thing um okay. <clears throat> i can't remember if they ever... thought, if that's a, that's a little strange though because isn't megatron a t-rex in that version yeah but he's not megatron he's named after megatron again it's, uh, it's okay uh, they're they're not they're not the originals they are like future versions named after they're right. like ants they're like gotcha. yeah so the original autobots and decepticons are their ancestors and they're they're named after them as is whatever right. <clears throat> um and yeah so effectively they they do meet the original autobots um but anyway in this they have their own planet it's it's like the maximal planet and it and it gets destroyed by unicron so they okay. flee to earth they end up on earth uh hiding on earth as a result um their leader sacrifices himself so that they can they can escape and they escape to earth um and uh we meet new characters the new that that really charming girl and guy i forget their names <laughs> sorry from, from the front no genuinely i really like the characters in bumblebee oh well, yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah uh they're gone uh yeah. so yeah yeah Haley steinfield yeah um gone and uh, and the nerdy kid who I forget the name of, um, right. also uh, gone. Jorg Lendenborg Junior. Yeah, they're gone. Uh, John Cena, who I really dislike, was good in that movie. <laughs> he was fine in that movie. Uh, he's gone. Um, so now we've just got uh, Noah, who's like this ex-military uh, guy who's struggling to get a job because he's. Uh, He's unreliable, but he's unreliable because he's looking after his uh, younger brother who is, uh, he's got like sickle cell disease, he's dying and he can't get enough medicine, they can't afford the medicine and stuff, so that's why he's unreliable. Uh, and then we've also got um, uh, Dominique Fishback, who is, uh, she plays uh, Elena Wallace, and she, yeah, she is an, an intern at a museum and she finds one of, part of the key that's going to solve the, the unicron problem you know you know the thing they need to unite the things to make the thing to stop the thing you always need the thing for the thing yeah well you do in transformers movies i i feel like this is every transformer movie i've seen from michael bay apart from maybe the first one no no actually even in the first one no even the first one does unicron have a voice i can't remember i was gonna say who's voicing unicron that's you see you see my problem i watched this about two weeks ago (laughs) i don't remember I know um, 
Does uh, Unicron have a voice? I don't think so, but maybe. I'm going to scroll down well, Wikipedia and see. <laughs> I know Ron Perlman's primal. Isn't yeah, it? he's not bad actually. He's primal. He's he's fine. Um, he might oh, have God, even done the original. And his Mirage. Oh. Yeah. The, now this is weird. So they made Mirage into a Porsche 911. Yeah, I, I saw. Instead of jazz. Seems, seems, I don't know why they've done that. It's bizarre. Well, I, the thing is as well, is that what I don't understand is I thought with Bumblebee, I was like, cool, we're going to start over. And that's fine if you're starting over. Yeah, that's... But with this episode. movie, it's quite clear. They are trying to really awkwardly mash the two together, like smashing two toy sets together and being like, no, this is also in the Bay universe, even though it makes no sense at all. Yeah. Because... I think the problem is, is that didn't... Bumblebee didn't make the money they wanted. No, but it didn't make the money because fucking Transformers The Last Night and every movie yep. before it was fucking shit. So people yes. gave up. Mm-hmm. Bumblebee's the one that people watched at home and were like, oh, actually, this is pretty good. If they make another yeah. good one, I'll be back on board, you know? Yeah, but the, like I said, the producers basically were like, oh, no, well, we're going to go back to the, the Bay. so bad. Makes, I mean, I can see... Make the money. From a studio perspective, they made billions off of the Transformers. So I can see it. I can see why they did it. Uh, we do have the, you know, I mean, on the plus side, you can tell who's fighting who. The designs are better. They're more like the original Transformers look-wise. That's something. Yeah. Um, weird that they used Mirage instead of Jazz, but again, I think they did that to try and make it different, but still fit in with the Bay Transformers movies. Even yeah. though in the Bay Transformers movie, in the first movie, you see them all arrive from Cybertron. Mm. So like Optimus Prime wasn't on earth at this point in time and like none of it makes any sense if they try and link it back to the bay universe but it feels like they're trying their best to do that anyway and it's just yeah. uh, it's such a mess um but anyway oh, characters was the 80s as well wasn't it so yeah this that. is in the 90s now it's like 92 or something okay um so what we're talking here is x-men level of yeah <laughs> yeah pretty much um it's just a mess it's another world ending creature thing and they need to unite the keys and you know you've got all of that nonsense exposition that you've come to expect from the bay transformers movies in this one far less likable characters than we had in the last one like i said i really liked the girl from the last one i thought she was a really charming character i would have liked to have seen yeah. more and i thought she had a great friendship with bumblebee and i know they went off at the end but i was like they will reunite surely for the sequel no <laughs> Yeah. Um, just a I wish real. I would have mess. made more money because they would have. Hopefully, they would have actually done a proper Transformers movie, and we would have got you know to see more of the actual, you know, proper eighties Transformers. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Would, that would have been lovely. Yeah. Um. They. There's no Decepticons in this. Is the Predacons? I think Maybe. they're called, or whatever they're called. Um. Oh. Okay. Uh, and it's Scourge. We don't get um, we don't get Galvatron. We get Scourge. Um, and uh, uh, oh, okay. Well, because again, I'm assuming they're doing this because they're still trying to somehow shoehorn this into the Bayverse. Yeah. Eventually, so they can't have Galvatron, who came after Megatron, and like uh, so. So they're doing everything they can to try and not tread on the toes of the Bay Universe, even though it makes no sense and wouldn't link together, <laughs> no matter what they do. It's just bizarre. Um, some of the the Maximals are fun. I mean, Ron Perlman's great. I think he. I don't know if he actually did the voice of of Optimus Primal originally. He might have done. Um, oh. But um, we've also got Michelle Yeoh. She she plays like this this falcon bird. 
Um, and you know, Michelle Yeoh is always good. It's always good to hear Michelle yeah. Yeoh. Um, better to see Michelle Yeoh as well. But... <laughs> well, I mean, but I'll I'll take the good. voice. She's a great That's voice actor as well. Um, At least you still got Peter, uh, Peter Cullen. Yeah, man. How old is Peter Cullen? I keep meaning to look that up. He must be getting on. He is eighty-two. Ooh. Uh, he's still got the voice, though. You know, yeah. he's still got that voice, and it still sounds amazing. Because um, some voice actors, that you know, obviously as you age, your voice changes. Your voice right? changes. Yeah. Uh, he has managed to keep that. You know, I know they put an effect on it anyway, and they always have put an effect on it. But he still sounds great. It's a, a, actually a weird thing, actually. But today, I was watching a video about Monkey, the seventies yeah. Japanese series. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm monkey magic yeah yeah um you know the english dub the 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 dub the, the, the version that you've seen yes i would presume yeah with 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 the, with the voice cast that you've got um yeah. i've only know, watched they, the i've only they, watched they, the original version that was released over here so yeah yeah so yeah. they only did so many of the the, the episodes i think there was there were certain episodes that they didn't do and they didn't finish and i think in the mid 2000s maybe early 2000s they did them. They basically brought them back, and they they, oh. they got you know, the cases. And the what the, they've aged, and their voices just don't sound the same. It's no. really weird. I mean, you can tell it's them. You can tell it's the same people. Yeah, but it sounds really odd when you've got these sort of like slightly older sounding voices that are supposed to be. You know, it's supposed to be the same shows, you know, from one episode to another. Well, I'm thinking this with that that um, X Men '97 cartoon. Yeah, and that's I'm, probably going to be the same, isn't it? It's like they're all a bit older now. I'm not sure if they can still do those voices like they did in '92 or whatever it was I've, that, that show started. I, I'm. St- uh, it's being that- made by Disney. It's going to suck. Oh, I know. And the thing is, is there were so many good things said at the time. Well, and it's continuing on the story because it's left on a massive cliffhanger as well. That show. Um, yeah. So I I don't know. I might watch it. That might be the the the, the only Marvel thing I bother watching. Um, I am tempted by that one at least. But yes, we'll see. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. I I cannot recommend Transformers. You'll be surprised to know. Um, <laughs> it's not oh, great. Totally I shocked. I I will be honest with you. I've forgotten. <laughs> I have forgotten ninety percent of this movie. It's noise. There's just robots. Noise. And... So just all those most of those movies that's what those movies are sending into i i will admit i actually quite like the first one the first bay one no the I... first one's fine isn't it it's not great it's got a nice mix of comedy and action the yeah. effects i don't think have ever looked better no the the, the special effects of that first transformers bay movie and you can mostly better... see the, what which Transformers which in that first it one it looks better than any cgi in any transformers movie since that first movie yeah. It looks like because they did a really good job of mixing practical with CGI in that movie, like you know, like with the bus splitting in half and stuff. They used a real bus split yes. in half, and like there's a lot of that in that movie that really grounds a lot of the stuff. I remember seeing the second Bay movie because I quite liked the first one as well. Um, not that I've watched it for years, but I, I remember enjoying the first one, and I saw that second one. I was like, God, not only is this film terrible, but the effects are worse. Yeah. And they always have been since, I think. But um, the first and one's everything fine. everything became fucking more and more grey as they went on as well. It's like, yeah. where's the colour gone? What the fuck's happened to the... Why, yeah. why can't... 
why don't they look like the transformers anymore and that's the thing we got with bumblebee was it was like oh my god they've gone back and they actually look like those characters and we do get that here i mean um rc looks like rc and you you do get some you know they they are more recognizable uh, although they have redesigned a lot as well it's like some of them they've kept like optimus looks like optimus bumblebee is back to being a camaro like why like why 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 have we done that like it's weird i, I don't know i think at the end of bumblebee though he did become a camaro yeah i know and i was i was puzzled by it then it's like why you're like because i thought at the time i was like well you cannot possibly make this work with the bay universe so why i think the funny the funniest thing about that is Bumblebee has always been a bit naff. Making him a, he, a Camaro is just I gotta wrong. Be, I gotta be honest with you. Bumblebee was always one of the crappest. <laughs> yeah. Until he became like Goldbug, and even then he wasn't amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like oh, it is weird that the franchise is yeah. weird that they centered the franchise around the least interesting Transformer. Well, like, so he's the sort of the sweetest, most human of them, isn't he? Well, he is because he had the friend. He was friends with um, what's his name. Spike? Spike, yes. Is Spike? I mean, all, the humans always merge into one another, so if, is it, I think it was Spike. It was Spike, I think. Um, Yeah, we were talking about that the other day, me and Ben, actually. We were talking about the the, the, uh, the, the great... The, 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 the human characters in the Transformers cartoons were actually pretty good. They had that, the, um, they had that kid who was disabled as well in it uh and he's a really good character they never mention his disability once he just gets on with it and it's amazing like he's actually a really imagine that yeah but imagine that a disabled character who's actually a really strong central character who actually is very capable and very helpful and you know actually contributes to the team and you know is one of them and is not judged in any way and it's never brought up because why would you bring it up you know weirdly again another sort of slight tangent I that's all right. Let's let's rumble in the Bronx. I love. Oh well, hang on. Let's just let's just hold on one second. Transformers: Rise of the Beast is shit, and and now we're moving on to <laughs> other things. It. Now we'll talk about Rumble in the Bronx because that's a good movie. I was gonna say so. Rumble in the Bronx. There's the there's a disabled kid in that, and he yeah, there is yeah. He's actually really good. Yep. He's yeah. in. It's a, a it's a weird modern thing where where we yeah. seem to have regressed when it comes to disabled characters. I don't know why. It's weird, and obviously there are exceptions to that rule. There were movies that 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 didn't, but but there you know I I look back to some of these old cartoons and old shows, and I'm like, yeah, there was better uh, disabled representation in older stuff, mm-hmm. and they were treated more like humans than we seem to be treating I mean, them in movies and stuff now. It's bizarre. I, I mean, we should also say there there was a lot of you know disabled people must be bad guys because they're different so there is yeah yeah yeah. no there is that yeah absolutely so you know we have to say that as well but i i think on balance though you know hmm. on balance i think yeah it's it's the, the whole thing of making that's all those characters are these days it's like oh you you mean you don't have actually have a personality and likes and dislikes that's just who you're just disabled yeah exactly it it becomes your personality and everything that you are it's like no i think people are more than just a disability actually um but uh but yeah i can't stop i can't stop thinking about fucking silver bullet the scene with the bloody firework 
Yes. Like I just can't, I don't know why. Like like we've started talking about this now, and I'm like I can't stop thinking <laughs> about that kid on the bridge with the fireworks shooting the firework into the eyes of oh, the. Oh. Silver Bullet is is it's one of the best terrible movies ever. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. I, I it's kind of, there's so much in that movie that I love. And Me there's too. Stuff, there's so much. This terrible. terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The worst thing is the fact that Cycle of the Werewolf as a like a novella sort of thing. Mm. It's gorgeous because of the Bernie Wrights and illustrations i love cycle of the werewolf and it's, it's, it's um one of my favorite stephen king things which is probably sort of sad to say because it's like condensed it's not like you know sprawling like a lot of king's other stuff yeah it's, yeah and that's not saying i don't like king i do i love king yeah. but he can be very sprawly oh yeah unnecessarily sprawly yeah i agree and Cycle of the Werewolf is very condensed and very, um, you know, beautiful because of the artwork. And then you sort of watch Silver Bullet and it's like, oh, there's some, there's some terrible stuff in this movie. <laughs> I do. I mean, I both love and hate the fact that the uncle builds him this fucking wheelchair. It's like turbocharged wheelchair, which is like, well, that wasn't in the... <laughs> in the yeah, book. yeah. But it's also kind of sort of sweet as well. Because, like, Gary Boosie's on full, like, mad uncle mode in that. And he's great. And uh, what's his name? The guy, I always forget his name. The guy playing the Reverend, he's, he was in, like, um, June and... Um, I can't think of his name either. I know who you mean, though. Oh, I'm going to have to look him up. Because he's in, he's in um, Twin Peaks and stuff, wasn't he? He was... Uh, uh, so... Well, while you look him up, we should mention, while you look him up, that uh, director of one of my favorite films of all time, The Exorcist, uh, William Friedkin, uh, passed away this week. Passed away on Monday. French Connection, uh, Mm -hmm. The Exorcist. um, I mean, I I still hold The Exorcist as one of my top five movies of all time. I think it's a masterpiece. We have covered it on this this show before. Yeah. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, passed away this week. He's quite old. I think he was in his age, well into his eighties. But um, but sad nonetheless uh, that that we've lost another talent. Uh, and interesting the world. that he, I saw a thing where he was, with him talking about his career and stuff. And he was saying that you know he never The Exorcist was the peak of his career. It, it never got mm. better than that. And he said that's mainly because of me. He says it's mainly because I was just difficult to work with, and I'm a bit of a, a dick. Basically, I mean, the, the thing and is, I love the fact that he was he was you know willing to admit that. Yeah, and know, I I would say as well. I, I would say as well. Like if I if I <clears throat> if I was <clears throat> a a director and I made a The Exorcist or a The Wicker Man. Or a uh, or alien or or something. I'd be like, hey, I I made an absolute masterpiece, and if I only made one yeah. masterpiece, that is fine by me. Like, mm-hmm. you know. And he also made the French Connection, which is a tremendous film yeah, as well. Exactly. So it's not like he was a one hit. It's no, not, you know. He, not. He's a very talented director. I know? think it's 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 the it's the whole idea that oh, you know, you have to be a success. And yeah, forever, forever. Those two movies are, you know, 
that's a career's many, worth. Many people's top ten lists of movies. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're yeah. right up there with the greatest greatest movies ever made. Yeah, and and he did them back to back. By the way, exactly. exactly. <laughs> literally walked off the set of the French Connection, started making The Exorcist. Like, wow, you just literally made two of the greatest films ever made in a row. Yeah, um, it's pretty good going. Uh, but yeah, so, so uh, just I guess we should that. also. Uh, mentioned paul rubens in that as well yes yeah uh unbeknownst to most people uh, struggling against cancer for the last 60 years i believe yeah i think a, a lot of a lot of stars do do keep it quiet don't they um mm. i don't know if he did say publicly i didn't know anything about it until no, he passed he away he, so. he kept he only only his family basically knew yeah and what, i mean what a great actor as well actually he's he he even He's had some really low-key performances and things that you just wouldn't expect. And apparently, you know, a real nice guy. And I don't think Pee Wee Herman really took off over here. I mean, I don't think we even showed, you know... No, I've I've seen it subsequently. Yes, that's the thing. I've looked, I've watched them, you know, subsequently, but... I don't think it ever really was was big over here. And I don't think Big Top Pee Wee was big over here, even though that's that's a big... Pee-wee's Big Adventure mm. wasn't, I think, big over here. But I, I remember watching that movie and thinking, wow, this is really funny. This is really, you know, uh, it's, it's a Burton movie. So you sort of think, uh, you know, when Burton was great. <coughs> and I mean, I love him in, in um, he's got one of my favourite bits of the um, the Buffy movie. Yes. When he's, go- when he's dying and he's just going, ooh, ah. Ooh, it's fucking, it just goes on and it even, they even go back to it at the very end of the movie which is fucking hilarious and he was great as you know he, he, like tiny little roles like um the the penguin's dad yeah in in, uh, in batman returns i've and, got uh, really fond memories of him as max in flight of the navigator Oh yes, of course. I like one that. of my favourite roles of his is just his voice, but it's such a cool performance, you know. Yeah, and I, I mean, um, he was great as the spleen in um, Mystery Men as well, which is yes. Oh god, Mystery that's such a good movie. Superhero movies. It really is. That had such good commentary. And do you know what? That's probably more relevant today than ever with with yeah. all of the superhero nonsense we get these days. I must go back and rewatch Mystery Men. That's a good film. Maybe we should we're do like, it. Like, angry is like the stupidest superpower. He is. Uh, yeah, good it's stuff. He's got great things like the bowler and... and yeah, yeah. And, and, and oh, stuff. And, yeah, Hank Azaria is the... Is the um, oh, what was it? Was it the Blue Raj, was it? Something like that. Blue Raja? Uh, yeah, it's a fun, that's a fun movie. It is a fun movie, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, he, will, he was sorely missed. He was a, he was a great comedic actor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Everett McGill was this the name of the, uh, the actor from Ah, uh, okay. From, yeah, from he's great. He's great. Yeah, he is. Oh, I forgot he was in Quest Quest for Fire. Now, there's a movie I haven't seen since I was a kid. I'm gonna have to look that one up. Quest for Fire. What is that? That is. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ron Perlman. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, I know the movie. It's yeah. Movie. Mm-hmm good stuff is there anything else you wanted to cover um did we talk about godzilla minus one uh i don't remember whether you did on air or not no looks incredible 
That is how yeah. you do a teaser trailer. Absolutely. That was like, don't show much, but you've shown enough. It yeah. looks fantastic. Enough to to to, to get that it's it, they've gone back to the sort of slightly cat looking. Uh, yeah, it's very Heisei looking, isn't it? It's it's kind of yeah. Heisei mixed with the the legendary modern Godzilla that they've the American Godzilla. It's like they've they've merged the two together. Um where you you've got like American style legendary Godzilla mixed with the the 90s Heisei Godzilla. It, it looks great. Yeah. Um it looks bleak as fuck. Yeah. Uh set set <laughs> immediately post war because when I when I look at that teaser it it looks to me like the destruction is it looks like the firebombing of Tokyo rather than Godzilla destruction at the start. Yeah. Which makes me think that it may be like immediately after like post war. Um yes. as opposed to obviously original Godzilla which was, you know, in the fifties. Um like ten years later. Sort of. Ten years later, yeah. Um this looks like it might be immediate. And and from what I understand that's the reason for the name that it that Japan is at zero post war yeah. and then Godzilla turns up, it's like, Well if you think it's bad now, here's now a giant monster to take you to minus one. So they're they're like yeah. they start off at zero post war and then they're gonna be taken to minus. So sounds very bleak, um, much like the original Godzilla was. Um yeah. I have heard rumors about what this film's about. Don't know if we oh. want to go into them. Might be best just to leave those and wait and see what happens because it might oh, be it... might be very big spoilers if it's true. So we'll... oh, you've kind of intrigued me now. But I'll tell you what, fair if you want to hear. Okay, um, it may not be the case anyway. I, I have a feeling it might be internet bullshit, but it sounds interesting. Um, so we'll talk about it off air. But I think it's a tremendous looking trailer. I'm obviously excited for it. Uh, I would be anyway. I'm I'm very much the target audience for this film, so you know I'll, I'll put my bias out there uh yeah. I, i'm very excited uh i think it looks tremendous though i think it looks really no, that well was a, that was a, like you said a damn good way of doing a teaser that was yeah uh there is rumors we're going to get a full trailer soon i kind of hope we don't i i'd be I, happy I with that we would at some point yeah i i'm kind of happy with that though i'm like just release it now <laughs> like like leave it at that yeah, like yeah. if i if i only see that until it's released i'd be really happy they were, pre- they were pretty tight about shin godzilla weren't they they didn't really they did, out... uh, they did do a teaser and then they did a longer trailer so i'm assuming yeah, but the that's trailer what didn't do. really show t- tell you a great deal no and i feel like that's what we'll get here we'll get more but it still won't show too much I yeah think. that would be cool if that's um, the case. but yeah very excited for that that that's probably gonna end up being you know yeah. it's, it's certainly a cinema watch if if i'm able to watch it in the cinema here i hope so shin godzilla got a uk cinema release limited Mm. so i'm 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 pinning all my hopes on the watershed <laughs> i'm like come on watershed yeah. you can do it that's probably the um, best bet isn't it? yeah i might i might actually contact them nearer the time and just say are you doing one in december because uh that would be nice so it comes out godzilla day uh in japan and then a month later in the u.s so we get it december 1st okay um or the u.s get it december 1st i don't know whether we will get it then as well but i hope so um but is there anything else you wanted to cover uh just one little thing that um caught my eye with, right. in it which which this is I'm, I'm not quite sure how i feel about this one but okay so uh it's oh now i've got to find the name of the company uh twilight i don't know uh, sorry not twilight. <laughs> well joke netter 
Robert Lucas and Paolo Zetti are working on a treatment that was written by uh, George A. Romero oh, for no. Twilight of the Dead. Oh, no. Um, it's been given the blessing of uh, Susan, Suzanne Romero, his wife. Okay. Uh, so, as I said, it is a treatment that was written by Romero. Yeah, I look, I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but I I was not a fan of Romero's later work. No. I, I didn't like his zombie movies after. I mean, I thought Land was okay. It had moments, but I didn't overall. Yeah. It's like, eh. And then after that, I really didn't like like Diary of the Dead. I thought it was awful. Um, like, Island it, of the Dead, whatever the other ones were, Survival of the Dead. Yeah, uh, for it, me, they, it just kind of felt like nobody really gave a fuck. Yes, but, exactly it, that. It felt like Land of the Dead was probably the last one where people were really invested. Yeah, and then after that, it just got lazier and lazier. If it, you know, hey, it could be great, and I will probably watch it. But uh, mm. I, I do worry because I, I didn't. I, I'm, I kind of. On reflection, I feel like I wish I'd never gone any further than Day of the Dead, which I like. That was a great trilogy, and we could have left it there. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I'll give it a go. So, I mean, like, yeah, it's it's sort of you, you kind of want to. You, there's the there's the there's still that hint of nostalgia in me that would like to see another one, maybe if it was Romero enough. Yes, the fact that other people are doing handling it you know, makes me think, and again, you know, they've said it's going to be talk coming up with, so, talking about social issues and, and current. As it things, should be. Things. And you think, well, yeah, because they did do that. So that's, I, that's I what they always were. That. Yeah. Yeah. It's, the, the question is, how are you going to handle that? Yeah. Um, because most social commentary movies, these, it, these days aren't the, um, subtlest of, and and what are you gonna do uh, that, that hasn't already been done by Romero in that original trilogy? Mm-hmm. You know what are you gonna what are you going to comment on that, that and in, hasn't been in covered? recent years? You know the social uh, side of the zombie stuff is been done better in Japan or Korea. Yeah, and and South America. There's a there's a couple of South American zombie movies that are doing what those original dead movies did. Yes, exactly. So yeah. much better than what mm-hmm. America and Europe are doing at the moment, you know? Yeah, I so agree. It's, it'll, be, it'll be interesting. I'll at least give it a go, I think. Yes. Yeah, you I know, agree. You can only see how, it, how it's handled. What are we doing next time, Matt? Uh, I would like to do Streets of Fire. Very well. We will do Streets of Fire. Brilliant. Sounds good to me. I haven't watched it for ages, so... Yeah. Well up for that. So we will be back next time with Streets of Fire. Um, I'm off to move everything around upstairs. <laughs> okay. Run out of locations for the movie, so I need to turn upstairs into a completely oh, different place. It's for God, tomorrow yeah. morning, so that's going to be fun. Um, I might just do it in the morning, but yeah, I've got a lot, a lot of things to move <laughs> around and shift about to make it look like a different place, because I've already filmed up there, so... You know, it'll be fine. But uh, anyway, yes, we will be back next time. Until then, stay safe, take care, and uh, yeah, we'll catch you next week.